the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Dan Prof Show. Of course, the uh, news that came down on uh, Friday and developed over the weekend by appearances on the Sunday talkies was the article of impeachment uh, that will be delivered to the Senate, uh, the trial set for the week of February 8th. Uh, Chuck Schumer providing uh, this uh, compelling argument in support of uh, President Trump's conviction in advance of that trial. Donald John Trump incited the erection. The erection? Insurrection against the United States. Yeah, um, incited the erection. Wow. A Freudian slip, perhaps. Certainly something uh, no one's ever accused Hillary Clinton of inciting. I don't know if uh, Chuck Schumer was hearkening uh, back to the Bill Clinton days of impeachment, maybe, but uh, nonetheless, inciting the uh, insurrection or something akin to that, that uh, turned the conversation to uh, the underlying charges that President Trump made about the administration of the elections. And this was the basis for quite the spirited exchange between Kentucky Senator Rand Paul and Clinton Foundation donor Zero, speaking of Hillary Clinton. Clinton Foundation donor zero, that would be George Stephanopoulos on this week, because, you know, you have to stipulate that the election was not stolen in order to have a conversation with anybody on the left. If you don't do that, then you get excoriated. You have to sign in blood. The election was not stolen. Rand Paul wasn't having it. Take a listen. George, where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, but I would say Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This ele- the results were certified in every you're single saying, state you're saying, after counts and Recounts. You're saying that absolutely it was. You're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. And that's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no, no, no evidence. Let, let me finish, finish my point. No, you say you said lie. something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no. Well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic, and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems, and I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. I voted to certify the state electors because I think it would be wrong for Congress to overturn that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to sit here and say, oh, everybody on the Republican side is a liar and there is no fraud. No, there were lots of problems and there were secretaries of state who illegally changed the law and that needs to be fixed. And I'm going to work hard to fix it. 
Yeah, I mean, see, that's the key, right? The whole the election wasn't stolen. You have to say you have to stipulate to that rather than take the open ended approach that uh, Rand Paul takes, which is to say, I don't know if what occurred had it not would it have altered the outcome of the election. But why can't we ask questions or raise arguments about how the election was administered, particularly in those states where you had courts intercede and act like legislatures, as was the case in Pennsylvania, or you had administrative agencies and run the legislatures, as you could argue in Wisconsin and Georgia, for examples. I mean, that, that's not legitimate to say, well, wait a second, thinking about Wisconsin, I won't use Rand Paul's example, but one that I used from the beginning, this indefinitely confined designation that's supposedly supposed to be narrowly tailored that was used to essentially allow anybody who said they were afraid to come out and vote because of COVID-19 to say I'm indefinitely confined and end run the voter ID requirement in Wisconsin. I go back to John Solomon's piece last week, which we discussed. Remember, and this is all like memorialized in a book by former Obama campaign manager David Plouffe. I mean, this is I don't know why this isn't getting more amplification, more traction. By Labor Day, they were already well into rewriting the rules of the election administration in those key states. The left can't have it both way. There's a perfectly reasonable explanation why Joe Biden so wildly outperformed Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama in the metropolitan areas, in the swing states that he needed to have to win those states to win the presidency. It has nothing to do with voter fraud. Okay, well, what is it? One of the arguments is, and there may be a lot of merit to it, although They got help from sort of the agencies or governments that uh, acted outside of their prescribed boundaries. But okay, one of the arguments is that the Democrats took advantage of this unprecedented election. That's another thing that's not emphasized enough. We've never done mail-in balloting on this scale nationally before, and certainly many states didn't do it. So to suggest the election wasn't stolen, all the uh, states were certified, and by the way, Rand Paul made what I voted to certify because I understand what I can and can't do. But, But there's nothing to see here because Barr made sort of a dismissive comment about no evidence of systemic fraud that there's nothing to see here. This is at the state and local level, and particularly at the time that Barr made it. So, yeah, so nothing had been leveled up to, to him. How aggressive were U.S. attorneys in these jurisdictions in investigating? That's sort of the underlying question. Sure, a pronouncement was made. So what? What was the rigor of the investigation, if any? They focused on those metropolitan areas, expanded the eligibility requirements, perhaps had more aggressive GOTV campaigns to take advantage of the looser regulations with respect to voting. Obviously, you had uh, the underwriting of things like the Zucker boxes for mail ballot drop-offs and and more polling places and and drop-off boxes in uh, heavy Democrat areas like in Fulton County in Georgia. So, yeah, there's a perfectly reasonable explanation, but that does that still goes back to Rand Paul's point, which is to say we need to look at how the elections were administered and make the case that you can't have administrative agencies or courts usurping the authority of legislatures and legislatures need to exert their power to regulate these things so that you have the less potential for fraud. I also love Stephanopoulos just sort of waving off as he did in that interview. Oh, you know, no election is perfect. Come on. Yes. No, no. Nobody expects perfection. But changing the rules of the game in the in the states in question, which happened to in significant ways that could have impacted, could have impacted the ultimate outcome is not a inconsequential question. And I'm always want to ask, you know, George, who is it? Whose vote is it okay to discard? 
who who are you fine with disenfranchising in addition to you know the dead and people in this country illegally and uh people who no longer are eligible in the state per the state requirements, no longer live in states and so forth, that there was some evidence of in, in the various states. And I, don't, I won't go through all the numbers, but you know what I'm talking about. Was that enough to alter the election again? I don't know with respect to the total combination. In some states, clearly, it didn't seem like it was. In other states, it's more of an open question because you changed the underlying rules of the game in an unprecedented election. And Democrats, hey, they played a strategic game. And Republicans played a tactical one and they won. But it doesn't mean that Rand Paul can't say we need to look at the mistakes that were made, the usurpations that occurred, and talk about how we administer elections that are as close to perfection as possible, that disenfranchise as few as uh, of people as possible, that, that to provide the, the least amount of avenues for fraud or irregularities. But Stephanopoulos and the rest of the left just want you to say nothing to see here and essentially marginalized, like Rand Paul implied, as kooks, anybody who would suggest anything of the sort. You're not allowed to ask questions anymore. You just accept the stated narrative and repeat it. Political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.